Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 68. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who run a business while traveling full-time in an RV. And on the podcast, I'm interviewing Tim Page. Tim is a voice actor who has done work for companies like The Travel Channel, Jimmy Kimmel, UFC, and NBC. And also for the past three years, he's been the producer and host of a show called Conversion Cast, podcast documenting an Inc. 500 company called Lead Pages, which has also built one of the largest and fastest growing startups in the country. Tim is currently in the planning stages of transitioning into RV life and has been asking me lots of questions around the RV lifestyle, transitioning his business to being on the road. So I thought it'd be fun to bring him on the podcast and talk about that transition and also dig into a bit of his experience in email marketing and how you guys can do that from the road. Been a little hesitant to bring people on the podcast who aren't yet full-time RVers. After all, the entire tagline of my show is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who run a business while traveling in an RV. Kind of a mouthful. I've been hesitant to bring people on who don't fit that dynamic, but yet there's people like Tim who have some really good insights into skills that can be valuable for people who are transitioning their business into being on the road, but don't fit into that mold yet. But they're still kind of fitting into the area of somebody interested in the RV lifestyle making this transition. So the conversation is still relevant. And while I don't plan on bringing on a lot of guests who aren't full-time RVing, I still think bringing on people like Tim can be valuable uh, for you guys as you're transitioning your business to being on the road. So just a little bit of context and why I'm bringing on somebody who's not a full-time RVer yet. A few things we talk about on this episode is how to increase traffic and email subscribers using services like lead pages, the importance of starting an email list and why it still matters in 2017, and how to get your first thousand email subscribers if you're starting from scratch. Before diving into the show, I want to thank today's sponsor, WeBoost and the new 4GX RV cell phone booster. Right now, Alyssa and I have our RV parked on a rural farm in North Carolina outside of Raleigh visiting some friends. And once we plugged in our WeBoost, it more than tripled our AT&T upload speeds, which is awesome. This means we're able to easily visit our friends here on the farm for a few more days and not feel stressed because we can't get any work done. WeBoost 4GX RV Cell Booster was designed specifically for RVs and has the ability to boost your signal up to 32x and then rebroadcast it throughout your entire RV. If you want a 10% discount, you can reach out and email me directly, Heath at Campground Booking, and I will hook you up with a 10% discount code, which is significantly more off than just buying it direct from them. Go to WeBoost.com to learn more about their cell boosters. I also want to thank Copilot RV, a navigation app that provides route planning and voice guidance designed specifically for people like us who live in RVs. With the Copilot RV app, you can just type in the dimensions and weight of your RV before taking off, and the Copilot RV app will automatically calculate the best route for you to avoid narrow and height-restricted roads. This is the best way to avoid sketchy situations like we've been in before with our RV, where we're driving into New York City and people are frantically waving their arms at us because we're about to go under a tunnel that has a 7-foot clearance. Luckily, a nice northeasterner guided us back to a safer route. The Copilot RV app will not only customize your route to avoid these types of sketchy situations and low bridges, but also comes with a fully offline navigation function. This way you don't have to use your data while also using your maps, and it also works in all kinds of remote locations. To learn more, go to copilotgps.com. All right, that's all for the sponsors today. Let's dig into today's show with Tim Page. Thank you for being on the podcast with me, Tim. Oh man, thanks for having me. I am, I'm like a fanboy right now. I'm like, ah, I get to be on the show I love. <laughs> I mean, we got connected. You joined our Facebook group, and you aren't a full time RVer yet, but you're in the planning stages of 
transitioning into the RV life. So what what brought this whole thing about like I'm always interested to hear like where do you go from just, you know, enjoying your life and then you just randomly decide that you're going to buy an RV and go travel one day. Yeah, well, so without getting too backstory-ish, um I spent 7 years of my life as a touring musician. Um, so I lived it like the very uncomfortable RV life because we didn't have an RV. We just had like a, a van, uh, like a 15 passenger van mm. and we didn't stay at hotel. So I literally slept on like a, a van bench, uh, in the back of the van. Uh, and so we, we lived the living in a van down by a river only while also towing <laughs> a trailer and playing a show every night in a different city and being exhausted and feeling old, even though we were young. Uh, so yeah, I did that and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was with my best friends every day and it was really fun, but, uh, you know, fast forward 10 years later and now I'm married and I have, uh, at that point, uh, I had one kid, I have two now, but I had one then. And I, my wife and I were talking about, we're like, we should, we should try it. Like, why don't we, we found, uh, your stuff. We found your blog. We were reading your blog and why don't we just try this? This would be so much fun. You know, we're going to be homeschooling anyway, so we can show them our beautiful country and all the amazing places and go to Canada and all this. And, and then while we were in the very beginning stages of like talking about it, we found out we were having another kid and we were like, well, let's (laughs) put that off for a while just because we didn't want to do all the, the change and stuff. So anyway, Fast forward to, I don't know, two, three months ago, we have our second kid and uh, I start getting the bug like really bad, like really bad. I read every blog post. I watched every TV show. I listened to every podcast and I was like, we have to do this. We're doing this. <laughs> it's time. Like we can start saving. We, we've got some financial stuff that we're working on right now. Like we have very little debt. Now is a good time to start saving and do this. And, um, so now we're planning it's, we're not going to be full time, but we're going to be, uh, kind of snowbirds ish, uh, early thirties for me and and late twenties for my wife, but like young snowbirds. So we'll spend four ish months of the year outside of snowy, cold New York state and going to see our awesome country. That sounds like the dream. And by the way, if one kid, if one day, uh, well, obviously one day your kids are going to be older, but if they ever look back on their time in a RV and they didn't like it and they hear this podcast, they can hate me, I guess, for having like a small influence on that. That's right. They can they can certainly blame you uh, for making it making it seem so attainable. And, you know, I th- that's the thing is, I think it is really attainable. And and I feel like they're more likely to be like, you know, oh, I wish we had done some some more cool stuff when you know when we were kids then they are to be like man i wish we hadn't seen the whole country you know totally and it it's it's been interesting to talk to people who grew up traveling in an rv because there is this element as a kid you don't you don't really appreciate much at all it's like as a kid looking yeah. back on me as a kid i was probably the most ungrateful little turd ever <laughs> and i didn't appreciate you don't you just don't appreciate i i hope that if anything comes out of my kids one day that they're appreciative kids because to me, that's like one of the best qualities a kid can possibly have. I don't care if he's kind of a little asshole, but if he's appreciative, like I will be, that'll be, I'll be successful if, you know, if that happens. Anyway, but talking it's, a lot that's, of- that's hard though. That is really hard. I mean, you can't teach, I I don't think you can teach a kid to be appreciative. Like you can, you know, you can show them that, oh, you know, this is something that a lot of people, you know, but I don't know how you teach that. It's just something that I don't know. I think you developed that. I don't think I became appreciative of things until my later years either. So, 
Yeah. Well, anyway, I think, like you said, I think they'll look back on that time uh, as a kid and be happy and grateful that you guys did that. Anyway. Oh, and hold on. One more yeah, thing about ahead, that, too. This, it's just interesting because um, I, you know, I've been talking about this on Facebook a lot, uh, this thing that we're trying to do. And um, I'm amazed at how many people have come to me and said, oh, you, wow, my, my family and I did this so much when we were kids. And, you know, some of the best memories I have, like nobody has said, oh, yeah, I didn't really like that. Like everybody has said they remember being a kid and living in an RV and traveling around the country. And it's like some of their best memories. So I I could see how it might not be. But I think for it seems like everybody I know is like that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's encouraging. Also, I think that. Alyssa and I need all the support and encouragement that we can get because I think when the time comes for us to have kids, we'll we'll feel better about maybe those first, at least those first few years, you know, feeling confident that we can that we can do it in the RV, you know. Yep, totally. Awesome. Totally. Well, uh, I know you do a lot of work with lead pages. Uh, give like a super quick thirty second overview of lead pages so people have some context of what we're going to dig into today and why it makes sense coming from your background. Yeah, sure. So Lead Pages is a software tool that allows uh, people who have small businesses and do any kind of online marketing to uh, to create landing pages and sales pages and opt-in forms so that it's really easy, even if you're not a designer or developer, it's really easy to grow an email list and sell your products and promote your business. Awesome. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, it's like you've been there for a few years. Uh, so <laughs> I want to... I. Like building email lists and things like that is lead pages, bread and butter, uh, how to do it, strategies for getting started, building customers from a list. But before we dive into some of those specific strategies, can you talk about why email lists are important for people who are listening and who should have them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you are running any kind of a business, you should be you should have an email list because there there's a lot uh, there's a lot to be said for being able to reach out to your customers, to your potential customers, to your leads, as opposed to always waiting for them to come to you. Um, having a list means that you are able to have a sustainable uh, business that doesn't rely on people coming to you all the time. So, um, for example, you know, let's say that you you're having a sale uh, on whatever it is that you sell, or let's say that you have something exciting going on, or you're promoting a documentary or a book or whatever it is. Having an email list is has a built-in, it's a built-in audience that you can promote that stuff to, as opposed to the other way you'd have to do it, which is like, I don't know, take out ads or like uh, promote on Facebook and hope that other people share it or all those other things. And none of those things are are inherently bad, but an email list is a built-in audience that's ready to go. And for for anybody who's like, look, I'm thinking about starting a business so that I can live the RV life, or maybe you're you're living the RV life and you're doing something and you want to transition into your own business but you don't yet have a product, having an email list is the equivalent of like a pizza shop that's building a line around the block. So like if you were, if you had a pizza shop and uh, you were ready to open the doors on, uh, you know, your grand opening and you were given two choices, you could either open the doors to a line around the block of people ready to buy your pizza, or you could open the doors to crickets and then have to find all your customers, which one would you pick? Well, you'd pick the line around the block. And that's what the email list is. It, it allows you to, to build a, 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 you know, an audience, a line around the block. 
Yeah. Do you do you think it's important to have an email list even if you don't have anything to sell yet? Like if you're a, a blogger or something who's just getting started, that's totally different than having a, a local in-person business or even a service. Like if you have a service that's online, whatever, um, you do voiceover work, so you have your service and obviously you can find people who's interested in that, build an email list around that. But if for people who are maybe building a blog in a specific niche and they don't have anything to sell yet, is it still important to have? And I know that's a stupid question. The answer is yes. Why is it still important to have an email list even if you haven't figured out what you're selling yet? Totally. Well, again, you know what the email list allows you to do is is reach out to them instead of waiting them to come to you. And also if you don't yet have a product or any idea, even what you want to sell, but you just want to talk about that thing that you love or that thing you're good at, or that thing you'd like to help people with. The thing about this is, is you can reach out to them and you have an audience and you can say, Hey, you know, I want to help you. What are the things that you're struggling with and get like responses from people and they can email you and they can say, here's what I'm struggling with. Or you have an idea for a product and you could say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is this something anybody would be interested in? Uh, it just really allows you to have that audience that you can market to. And by the way, I'll tie this into something else. A lot of people will say, well, that's what my Facebook group is for. Or that's what like my Twitter followers or Instagram followers or whatever, you know, whatever social media thing you have. But here's the thing. You don't own that audience. Any at any point, Facebook can say, ah, we're done with groups or uh, what the people in your group see is different or we're going to start charging you or, uh, you know, the way you're running your group is no good and your thing is shut down. Right. Anything can happen when you don't own that that what we call an asset. You don't own that asset, that list. Whereas with an email list, it's yours. If your email company goes down, you still have that list. It's still yours. If something changes with email marketing, you still have the list. You can still reach out to all those people. And so it means that you always have a way to stay in touch with, with your audience. So even if you don't have a product, look, you can still provide them value. You can get to their inbox. You can get to where they are and, um, and, and kind of grow it from there. I've talked to so many people who have a large Facebook following and how upset they are with Facebook because yeah. and, and, and I understand it from Facebook's perspective, which is basically they, you know, they launched the pay to play model where even if you have a half million likes on Facebook on your page, you're probably only reaching maybe seven to 10. I don't sent 10 percent of I don't know, maybe even less than that. You're just reaching it's a really ridiculous small. small yeah, and that that is the one nice thing about groups. Our Facebook group, I you know we're like fifty five hundred or something like that. And every time somebody posts in there, unless you've turned off notifications, you pretty much get an alert. You probably are blasted by our Facebook group right now. It's yeah, and it's great. <laughs> it's great. I love it though. But that's the thing is that can change at any time, and that's where the email list comes in. I mean, there the, there is kind of pros and cons, I guess, with uh, with both because there is so much focus and engagement. Uh, I've, I heard some of these stats by Gary V because I wasn't around back in the day whenever email first like kind of kicked out and he talked about how email rates like or what the open rates were I don't know in like the early uh, 2007 2008 kind of thing and what they are now so can you talk a little bit about that because there is there is a tendency to want to focus on things like Instagram or Facebook because so much people are there all the time and I totally get the value of owning the list. But what about attention and just how hard it is to get people to open emails and read them? I mean, do you really do you really think it's going to be sticking around for a long time? Yes, absolutely. I do. Because email is used for so much more than just people to market to you. It's it's a, a, a communication method that 
even though all the times have changed and MySpace was once a thing and now it's not, even though Friendster was once a thing and now it's not, like all those things change all the time. And But email is still around. It's still a way that people like to communicate. And even though, sure, open rates are are lower than they once were, they're still they're still really powerful. I mean, I know some people in um, uh, in some different industries that are averaging somewhere in the range of like sixty to seventy percent open rate. Wow. Now that's not average. I am not trying to say that that's normal, but that's it's possible. You know, but you know, if you're in the average, you're probably somewhere in the fifteen to twenty ish percent open rate if you're doing a decent job, and that means a lot of people are not opening your emails, and that's fine. But still, with with any kind of a reasonable list, you're still reaching a whole lot of people. But I I, I want to make it clear, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing Facebook and Instagram and whatever. Those things are good too. But an email list uh, is just again, it's something that you always own and they can work hand in hand. They can work together. Your your social media stuff and your email and all that stuff, you can sync them all together and you have kind of that community that grows between all of them. Um, it's just, it's critical. One thing I was going to say is uh, I, I think that email numbers are also stronger per number. So it's like, I think you can have a thousand email subscribers and depending on engagement, that could be more influential than 10 to 15,000 followers on Instagram if you're trying to sell a product because a platform like Instagram, while it's great for attention and you may get you know hundreds of likes and things like that, it's not as easy to sell on there because there's no you can't really click on links on descriptions and things like that. So if you were to try to sell something to those thousand, I know a lot of people who make their like a full time income from like a thousand to two thousand email subscribers, and yes. that is just not reason. Like you, I have friends also that have forty fifty thousand Instagram followers, and they you know they, they can make it sponsored for a post every now and then. But it's not they're not making their full time income from that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and the thing is, 10,000 10, subscribers is very realistically if you have 10,000 email subscribers, that's very realistically, possibly if you're an intelligent marketer, a six figure income. I mean, it's not unreasonable to make a six figure annual income from 10,000 subscribers if you're smart and email marketing intelligently done and and this may be more advanced for some people but like intelligently done email marketing can be can feel so personalized way beyond even what social media can be you know so we have an email marketing platform at lead pages it's it's something new for us but we we just recently acquired it it's a tool called drip and it it allows you to automate your business so here's an example let's say i'm subscribed to a list and i've engaged with that with you know that blogger let, let's say it's a let's say it's your blog all right and you're using drip and maybe i've read 20 of your blog posts and watched 50 of your videos and then i joined your email list well i am you would talk to me differently than you talk to somebody who found your website and read a blog post and subscribed they just met you they just read a little bit about you. And so the emails that they should get should be different from the emails that I uh, should get because I know a ton about you. I'm really engaged. I'm in that process. And so I should be getting emails targeted at somebody who knows you better and maybe at somebody who knows a little bit more about RVing and maybe that's somebody who, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is exactly, you know, we talked about this before where, you know, Pat Flynn does this. He has certain emails that go out to people that are, um, Pat Flynn, by the way, from Smart Passive Income. If you're in the online marketing world, it's a really interesting thing to check out. Um, I learned a lot from him in the early days, but like he's got some emails that go to like super beginners, some emails that go to like middle of the road people, some people that go to some emails that go to advanced marketers. 
And being able to do that makes a personalized experience. It means that when people do open your emails, it means more. It means that the information is more helpful. It means that people respect you more because you gave them what they wanted and needed right at the time that they needed it. Um, so it just, it, it's so much more flexible and targetable and measurable. Uh, so it, it does, it is different. Totally. And I'm familiar with Drip, uh, not because I use I use ConvertKit. I think they're kind of competitors a little bit, but I listen to startups for the rest of us and Rob. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of Drip as well, even though I, I'm only kind of a secondhand fan because I haven't actually used it. But <laughs> I mean, going back like two years ago, just as like a super simple case study, and then we'll keep moving forward. We, we had uh, been traveling for quite a long time before I started building my email list. And basically, I started realizing more and more people were asking about uh, you know, income on the road or, you know, how we were traveling and things like that. And I didn't feel qualified at all to talk about finances because that was something it was like year one. We were just figuring stuff out. We hadn't secured any type of long term uh, longevity income as far as like being able to keep producing it. But I did I could talk about traveling for stupid cheap. And so that's kind of what we did. I made a free course on how to travel on two grand a month. And we had done that for several months when on the road, just traveling full time, living super cheap, you know, great value stuff at Walmart. Walmart doing boondocking and stuff like that. And I, I mean, a lot of it kind of felt, you know, simple a little bit, but because we had been doing it, but I also knew it'd be really valuable for people because so many asked about it. And I, you know, I wrote this free seven day course, people got it over, you know, seven days. And I, I think it's been downloaded like over 8,000 times. And, you know, I did some guest posts on it. And the Facebook group was born out of wanting to connect people who were going through that course and interested in the RV lifestyle. And it was kind of like the group was born from the email list. And it was kind of just a facilitator of community to go deeper with people. And so, I've, yes. I mean, I've seen a lot of the value come from that uh, for me as well. Yeah, I, I totally I totally agree. It's just another it's just another level of connection. Um and it's something, the other thing is that it's something that a lot of people when they're first getting started, whether it's blogging or whatever else, uh, tend to skip over. Uh, I, I did for sure. I mean, the first, I didn't start a blog. I started a podcast. It was the first thing I ever did in the online marketing world, but I didn't start building my list until a uh, very long time into it. And actually, coincidentally, that's when my business from the podcast started to take off because I had a new level of if I was getting sponsors, I had a new level of engagement because I could send an email along with including them in the podcast. And you could do that in a blog post or, you know, uh, it, it goes the same way if you are like, for example, with Winnebago, you could say, hey, um, you know, not only will we. Uh, you know, talk about you and do some content for you, but also we can engage with our email list and, and that kind of thing. And the thing is, here's something super interesting, and I know it might be tangential, but it's 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 an interesting uh, aside to this. This is something that not only is happening in the blogging world, but like literally it's only getting more important to have a, an audience and a list. And um, so, for example, in the acting world, especially like for voice actors, uh, it's harder to get a job if you don't have an email list and a social following and that kind of thing because they want, you know, clients want a built-in audience. And that that can work, again, whether you're looking for clients or sponsors or whatever, people want to know that that you've proven that you can do something, that you can provide value. And if they see that that's there and you got that social proof, they're more willing to to engage with you in that way. No, that's, that's a great point. I was listening to uh, a podcast recently. There's a young YouTuber named uh, Jake Paul. Have you heard of him? 
I have not. Okay, well, you're not a 13-year-old girl, but, I mean, he has this <laughs> massive, massive following on Facebook, and you've probably seen some of his videos that are just uber viral on Facebook and YouTube and things like that. But, I mean, he's acting in movies and things like that now, and he's kind of got this circle of other YouTube influencers around him who are really popular on social media. And basically, a lot of these producers, because Hollywood's a business, just like everything else, and so... They're looking at all these influencers with built-in massive, massive following, and instead of only choosing the you know traditional style actors, actresses, etc., that are graduating from prestigious schools, they're looking instead at these YouTube or Facebook influencers who already you know can can act in their film. Maybe if they're even if they're not as good of an actor or actress, but they know that when that movie comes out, they have this built-in massive following because they're being followed by millions and millions of people. And like you said, it's not just for acting; it's it's it progresses across the entire board. Agreed. Yeah. So let's, I want to talk about getting kind of specific for people. So we've kind of validated email is still a thing. It's still going to be around for a long time. So I think probably one of the more helpful things would just be to get pretty tactical and maybe talk about how to get your first thousand subscribers. So going from that zero mark to a thousand subscribers. So if I were just getting started, maybe I had a blog and I was like, Tim, you know, what do I need to do to just start getting people on an email list? Maybe I have something that I, I'm already selling or I have an idea for what I want to sell. What would you say is that step one? I'll give you step 1A and step 1B. Okay. All right, because it could be, it's easy enough to do just one, but doing two things will really have a big impact. So step 1A is to create your first landing page and lead magnet. And don't worry, I'll, I'll try to define everything as I go. So a landing page, it's just, it's a single page with a single purpose. So whereas if you go to a blog, there's a lot of things you can click on. There's the about, there's the blog post, there's the resources, there's the whatever. With a landing page, there's really only one thing you can do. Uh, and so since we're talking about list building, when I say landing page, I'm, I'm referring to uh, what we call an opt-in page. Somebody can join your email list. And that's the only thing they can do on a landing page. They can't read your blog. They can't do anything else. That's it. And it just focuses people's attention. So you're going to create a landing page that offers a lead magnet. And the lead magnet is it's uh, some people call it a freebie or a giveaway or whatever. It's something where it's like, you know, enter your email address to get this free ebook or this free guide or this free template or whatever it is. Uh, and I know that you've probably seen it everywhere, but that's, that's step one a, and I'll give you my favorite first one because people go, Oh, should it be an ebook? Should it be this? Should it be? The first thing, what it should be is a one page PDF that, that gives people three to five tools or resources. So, uh, for example, if I was creating one for uh, for the podcast, it might be uh, the the four uh, the four best websites to save you money while you're on the road, right? Or something like that. Um, it's just tools or resources, something that's easy, something that feels like when they have that, it's a quick, easy win. Um, but it it does provide a lot of value. So you know, that's that's where you start. And and if it's, for example, if you were a you were teaching people how to build a um, I don't know, a video uh, creation or video production business, it could be the the five tools I use to produce all my videos. Um, I had one for um, for my my voiceover business. I have one niche that I'm in where I create a lot of podcast intros and outros. And so mine was the three 
uh, the three most important pieces of equipment I use to create all my intros and outros. And I just told people what I use to make it and people would go, okay, I want that so that I can do voiceover or whatever. And then they find out that it's like, you know, $10,000 worth of equipment and they're like, forget that. And they just hire me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's step one. A step and and you can link to that from your menu bar and your blog you can link to it from your social media profile so link to your blog and also link to your landing page you can promote that in various places but the step 1b is probably even more important and it's a tactic that we call a content upgrade uh if you're a blogger this is your new best friend so every time you create a new blog post you also create some extra bonus piece of content that just takes the the value of that post to another level. And in order for somebody to get that extra bonus piece of content, they have to join your email list. Um, and, and how this is different from a regular kind of landing page or whatever is if you had just created, let's say, that, that tools guide, right, and you put an opt-in form for that at the bottom of every blog post, that tools guide is not always going to be relevant. So here's an example to make it clear. Uh, let's say you were a health coach and you taught people how to be healthy on the go, right? You might you might talk about a lot of different things. I mean, there's a lot of things people can do to be healthy, right? You might talk about yoga and uh, exercise and food and all that kind of stuff. So let's say that you created a, a guide that was like, you know, uh, enter your email address to download uh, a guide that tells you five things you need to do yoga on the road or whatever. It's, it's really probably like nothing, <laughs> but whatever it is, let's say that's your guide. Well, tomorrow, if you wrote a blog post that was all about the superfoods that give you energy, if you put a guide to yoga uh, within a blog post about superfoods, although they're kind of related, there's a disconnect there, right? Because I don't have to care about yoga to want to read a blog post about superfoods. I might just be interested in eating superfoods and eating healthier and that kind of thing. I don't have to care about yoga. And I still might be somebody who would read your blog. I just would skip the stuff about yoga if I didn't care about yoga. So the better thing to do is in that post about superfoods that you can tell all about the different superfoods and what's great about them. But then at the bottom say, okay, ready to start eating more superfoods and to your email address. And we'll send you five recipes that include the superfoods we talked about in this blog post. Cause now you see I'm reading a blog post about superfoods. Why not make it, you know, offer me something about superfoods that's extra. It doesn't take away from the blog post. Like I don't need to get that recipe guide for that blog post to have helped me. But if I want to take the info in that blog post to the next level, then I can join your email list and get that recipe guide. That alone is enough for you to grow a thousand subscribers and way beyond that. Uh, Lead Pages has somewhere in the 250,000 subscribers ballpark, and easily, easily 70% of them came from doing exactly that. It, it is the second most powerful thing you can do to grow your list. The first most powerful is doing webinars and that's not for everybody. So content upgrades is, it's the thing. And you might say, well, I don't really, you know, I spent so much time creating a blog post. I mean, geez, the pictures and the content and all that. And now I got to create something else. It doesn't have to be difficult. Like my favorite kind is a, a checklist. So a great example uh, I, I actually read this blog post that was all about how to build a wooden picnic table. 
And at the bottom of the blog post, you could opt in to download a, a, a checklist of all the materials you would need to build that picnic table. That way, when you were done reading the post and you're like, okay, I'm going to build it, you could print out the checklist and take it with you to the hardware store and you wouldn't forget any of the stuff you needed. And, you know, that there's no way that took much time. That probably took five or ten minutes to make because it's just a little, you know, here's the thing. Um, it could be a mind map or a worksheet or an infographic or one of my personal favorites, uh, one of two things. Either if you have a podcast, get it transcribed and offer them to get the transcription if they opt in. Or if you have a blog post, if you have a decent mic, read the blog post and offer people to opt in to get the audio version of the blog post because, hey, if you're on the road and you're traveling, it's much easier to get to listen to something as you're driving than to you know have to read the blog post when you stop somewhere and you're ready to go do some stuff. So anyway, the content upgrade is really, it's my favorite, uh, it's, it's like my go-to if I wanna grow a list. That's awesome. I mean, you're giving me ideas for things that I could probably be doing a lot better. We've done some content upgrades on things, uh, and I read somewhere it was like, basically, you can like a five to ten x better uh, amount of opt-ins on relevant content upgrades for each post instead of doing the your generic one across the board. Um, zooming out for a second, uh, looking at trying to grow that first thousand email because I've worked with some bloggers and people who are just authors, people who are just getting started. And I think the tactics around this are, are kind of easy. It's it's almost just like following directions. Come up with a good email opt-in. Come up with relevant content upgrades on blog posts. I feel like the harder thing is, and I know this is like a whole different subject in and of itself, <laughs> but I feel like it's hard to have this conversation without it, uh, which is writing about something that people give a crap about. You know, like finding a subject like you can you can do all the content upgrades in the world. But if you don't have a subject that people actually care about, you're it's going to be really, really hard to get to those thousand subscribers, right? So how do you, how do you, how did you go about finding that? How did lead pages, or maybe you can just cite one example for? Um, I'm just trying to find out. It's a hard question to ask, but like, no, I I know what you mean. How do you figure out the content that people are interested in enough so that you can add a content upgrade that works, right? right? Because I I will say from somebody who's been you know blogging for f over five years now, three years really consistently and you know working on this on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, that it's hard, especially you know if you're not bringing your you know full-time income or even a decent amount of income through what you're doing. So it's like you have to find a subject that you really care about. Um, yeah, so what would be your thoughts from somebody who has been living and breathing in this space, looking at people who have succeeded at it and who haven't stuck around? Like, What do those people have that kind of stick around? Like, What makes them different? Yeah, so once you run out of stuff that was like questions that you had when you were wherever your audience is supposed to be, then my favorite my favorite trick is to get into the Facebook groups and just jot down every question that's ever asked. So because those questions show you what people care about. And sometimes the answers are as simple as like a yes or no. But if I were to say like, um, you know, so like, I mean, the easiest, easiest example ever, but I'm just going to use it because it popped in my mind. You know, uh, what's the best RV for me? A class A, a class C, a class B, uh, you know, a toe behind, a fifth wheel, whatever. Right. So that's a really easy one. That's one that I probably was like one of the first things that you guys ever wrote because it's such an obvious question. But that is a question that's still asked in all the Facebook groups. And you could link to 700 different blog posts. But hey, guess what? You have your unique spin on that answer, so you could write that. And then you go down in the next the next thing, and the next one is a question. Like, how do I know uh, what's the best deal to get on an RV or like whatever? 
So it is so easy to find out what people care about, especially if you're on Facebook, because it's it's as simple as saying, what are people asking? And, and then you know what you do is you extrapolate on that. So somebody says, you know, uh, like, here's a great example. In one of the Facebook groups I'm in, I saw somebody ask, uh, will I get a better deal from a, a private seller or uh, an RV dealership? So you can put your own unique spin on that question. It's like how to know if how to know if you're getting a, a good deal from an RV dealership or a private seller, right? And then it's your own little unique spin on it. That's the best way to get content. And there's kind of an unlimited supply of questions uh, in those groups, especially if there's really active ones. Uh, and and I have I have yet to find a niche that doesn't have a really active Facebook group associated with it. Totally. I mean, basically, you're saying just find common questions and problems that people have, whether it's in a Facebook group or Quora. And if you have the experience or knowledge, answer them, like solve that problem for them. Because most of these blogs that have done really well, um, and I guess we're specifically talking about blogging right now, where basically you're helping people make a transition from one place to another place because you have knowledge or experience in that transition, right? So that's kind of what you're saying. Exactly. And if you don't, Find somebody who does, bring them on board and have, you know, like interview them. You don't have to record it or anything, but like jot down their answers and then they get that publicity of being a part of your blog post and you get to be the expert that's connecting people with other experts because, look, you're not going to be an expert at everything, uh, but it's a great way to 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 be a connector and at the same time create great content for your audience. And I and I think that is a more authentic way. To, I'm I'm partial because that's what I've done with the podcast. You know, I I don't feel like I'm a guy who can just host a podcast, uh, you know, a couple of days a week on being an RV entrepreneur and just share with you everything on how to be successful. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't that wasn't really an option for me. So it just felt way more authentic to have a bunch of other people who I could bring on who have experience in different niches and backgrounds and, and all of that good stuff and really cover the gamut uh, versus totally. me trying to be, you know, the end all be all RV entrepreneur guy. You know what I mean? Yes. And what you do that's really great is that sometimes it is you. Like it doesn't always have to be a guest. This is where I see a lot of people go wrong in their content is, is it's always a guest. But the problem is when it's always other people, when you're not actually like the one that's ever writing the content or doing the interview, or I'm sorry, not doing the interview, but doing the recording or doing the video, if it's never you, then you're never the expert. You're never the helper. You need to be, you need to be positioned as the person that's connecting your audience with awesome people, but also you have a lot of value to offer because otherwise, why do they follow you other than that you bring them great people? Uh, and and you guys do a great job of that. And there are so many people out there that are doing a really great job of that. But yeah, it's such a great way to to not only do that, but also it's it elevates you to the level of the people that you're bringing on. You know, you you listen to certain podcasts and you go, holy crap, that person had so and so on it makes you feel like they have a connection with that person and it brings the interviewer up to the level of the interviewee. Yeah, I love that. Um, keep moving forward, and I appreciate that, by the way. I don't, I, talking uh, about somebody's like my email list. So I think right now we've got like uh, 6,500 or something like that, somewhere close to that number, not crazy. And I honestly haven't done much with it in the past year. We probably get like 500 new subscribers a month or something like that. And, and really just keeps growing, but I, I'm not doing any active campaigns, no specific content upgrades and things like that. It's kind of just on the back burner a little bit right now. And I've kind of struggled a little bit with personal motivation uh, on just growing the email list. I had that passion in the beginning. 
Um, I don't know if it's because I'm not specifically selling anything crazy to our audience. Like we've got the RV Entrepreneur ebook that's like 10 bucks on on uh, my website, our website, and, and all that good stuff. But how do you kind of stick with it for the long term? Do you really think there needs to be some type of product that you're inserting in there to keep the the motivation going for building an email list? Because otherwise, what's the point, right? Yeah, I mean, at some point, there has to be something that's coming along with it that will motivate you to do it. You know, unless it's a uh, it's an endeavor that that isn't meant to bring in revenue. But if you're doing it because it's part of your business, then yes, I, I definitely, you know, there's got to be something tied to it that keeps you motivated. I don't think that I could keep, you know, writing emails for a year or two years without seeing some kind of like vision for how that was going to impact the business. And that might be as simple as, you know, sending out an email to your audience and just saying, hey, what could I create for you that would have a profound impact on on some problems that you're having? Or more specifically, what are some serious problems that you're having right now? And what do you see the solutions to those problems being? And then the answers to questions like that can really help you create a solution to that problem. And sometimes you'll be amazed at what people would be more than willing to pay for. Um, and and one thing I'll say about that for people who haven't yet monetized their business or created a product or anything uh, is you sh- don't be shy or feel weird about selling something to your audience because I'll give you a great example. Um, so I mentioned that I create podcast intros and outros, but one thing I have a uh, an interesting knowledge with is using a podcast for as a marketing channel, like to grow a business. Not many people know how to really do that effectively. And we've done it with conversion cast. You know, it's been responsible for seven figures in revenue for lead pages. And, and so through that knowledge, um, I created a 17 page, just 17 pages. You know, it didn't take me that long. It took me like a month and a half and I'm, and that's because I spent way too much time on it. Um, but it's 17 pages and it's a guide to uh, getting results from your podcast. And it's like scripts for calls to action, meaning like how to tell people to join your email list or to buy your stuff from your podcast or whatever. Like I created this guide. I sell it for $97. And many people would go ah, 17 pages for almost 100 bucks. That seems crazy. You can buy a book, you know, for 10 bucks, but this is 17 pages. But literally the people that buy it, they're looking for a specific result. They don't care what it takes to get there. They don't care. Like if I could tell them, if I could sell them one sentence for a hundred dollars and if it got them the result that they're looking for, they couldn't care less. Right? So it's about getting people a solution to their problem. And if the problem is, is a, a serious thing that they're really looking to solve and they haven't been able to find a great solution elsewhere, doesn't matter. Um, you know, what, what that solution is. And it doesn't matter that they have to spend money to do it. Like if I could tell you tomorrow that, uh, I could tell you one, one exercise that if you only spent three minutes a day doing this exercise, you'd end up looking like the rock. Um, but it's going to cost you, you know, I don't know, 500 bucks, but it's just one exercise. And literally I would just say, do this exercise for two minutes a day. If it really worked and it actually did that, you would give me $500 for that in a heartbeat. I'm not saying you specifically, but like anybody, anybody who's looking to, you know, build muscle or whatever would do that in a heartbeat because it's a specific result. You don't care what it is that gets you there. It's not about like, you know, the, the specifics of it. So anyway, all that to say, 
I would encourage anybody who's like having trouble with that motivation to get that product out there. Think of what that product is. Talk to your audience about it. Find out what it could be. Create it and it will motivate you to create further great content, which then further connects you to your audience, which then motivates you to build your list even more. Uh, and that's a great way to kind of create that self cycle, that flywheel of, of content creation. I love that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, looking forward, because we're wrapping up here real quick, looking forward to RV life, going back from like the whole of email marketing into like the future <laughs> for you and your family on uh, living on the road. Uh, what do you guys imagine that uh, success will look like for you guys as y'all are RVing, being snowbirds, uh, and continuing your work with conversion casts and being a dad and all that good stuff on the road? Yeah, I imagine that it looks like we we get the opportunity to see um, to see parts of the country that maybe we've never seen uh, that maybe that are off the beaten path a little bit um, to spending a whole lot of time at my favorite places in the world, Walt Disney World and Disneyland. <laughs> uh, we are just obsessed with Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. It is it is an obsession. So I imagine that many of our years snowboarding will be in those two places, spending time with friends that live in other places and, you know, teaching our kids, um, things in an organic way, as opposed to saying, look in this textbook, here's something we can say, look, here we are. This is this beautiful place or this incredible thing, or this is what this thing looks like in nature. And, um, or this, these historical places and just giving them a life experience that so many people don't get the chance to, to have. That's what I see success looking like. And then through that course, uh, continuing to grow uh, my my career at Lead Pages and my my business in voice acting uh, on the road. That's that's success for me. I love it, man. Well, where's the best place for people to connect and reach out to you? Yeah, if you want to learn more about growing your business uh, online and marketing and that kind of stuff, you can check out the podcast at conversioncast.com. Uh, if you just like fun voice acting stuff and you want to see some of the the bits I've done for Jimmy Kimmel Live and, and the UFC and stuff, you can go to thevoiceoftimpage.com. And if you have a podcast and you need a wonderful voice <laughs> for your body. No, I'm kidding. If you need a great voice uh, voiceover or an intro and outro produced, go to makemyintro.com. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. You guys are awesome. It's because of people like y'all that I get to sit around in my RV on a random farm in North Carolina and record this podcast. If you haven't left a review or subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is you listen to podcasts, I would love to hear from y'all. And if there's any topics or guests you want me to cover on upcoming episodes, reach out to me at Heath Paget on Instagram or Twitter. I love hearing from y'all. And wherever you are listening to this, hope you have a great rest of your day. And I'll see y'all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.